0: Amen. Preach really fast. Turn your Bibles Matthew chapter 21, verse 12 to 16. No, I'm just <laughs> I have to do something serious before we get started. Um, church life, we have business meetings from time to time, and I want to have an uh, official business meeting if I can. We have a very pressing issue. It's a year away, but we need to decide today while it's fresh on your mind. <laughs> the board's like, what is he doing? I got it, I got it. After Thanksgiving, we all enjoy wonderful health and swoleness. I've talked to several that go not just one Thanksgiving, but many Thanksgivings. So I'd like to bring a proposal to the floor today. I would propose that the Sunday following Thanksgiving next year, 2022, is Sweatpants Sunday. (laughs) Now, listen, I know you're laughing, but I'm crazy enough to do it. I think it would be phenomenal if we just have the blessing of wearing sweatpants. Sunday best from here up, (laughs) sweatpants from here down. Can you picture if guests show up to our church on that day and look around like, what is going on here? Because I don't think they'll be mad. I'll think they'll be mad because they're out of the loop and they wish they could (laughs) have wore sweatpants. So I need a motion from the floor to make Sweatpants Sunday a thing next year. Motion, Carolyn, second, uh, Stephanie over here. All in favor, say aye. Opposed, carried. Put it in the minutes, Tony. Hickman, my board secretary back there. I'm serious. Y'all be ready. We're going to have sweatpants Sunday next year. It's going to be awesome. I thank God today for stretchy pants. All right, now let's talk about the things we got to talk about. In the Fade. In the Fade, we've been on this series of In the Fade, how... You can't see what's ahead. You can't see what's around the corner. You can't see what's over the, behind the mountain or through the clouds. You can't see what's coming next. But our responsibility is to trust God. Our responsibility is to continue to be faithful to what the Lord has called us to do. To do. Today's message is titled, When It's Right, Out of a Call to Obey. When you find yourself in the fade, you still do the right thing because it's the right thing. Out of a call to obey, so many times people use excuses of life, circumstances, or even people doing bad things to us, and we'll use that as an excuse sometimes to do bad things back to them or or to change the way that we should behave. I want to tell you that Scripture doesn't bend to the circumstances of life. Scripture maintains its truth and its integrity no matter what the world does, and it is a standard that we know. It's a plumb line. It's it's a leveling that we know that Scripture remains the same. The Bible does tell us that this word will not pass away, and therefore, it is the one thing that get, should give us complete comfort should give us very much stability in our heart and in our life that no matter what happens in the world around us, this is the same. It's true. It carries weight. The funeral that I, was at, I had to preach this past week for an 18-year-old, one of the things that I brought to the table for consideration to a room full of teenagers is that this word has been tried again and again, has governments and organizations over the decades and over the centuries have tried to destroy this, and yet it remains, and it remains with integrity. Bible scholars will study and dig into it, and they will tell you that what it was then, it is now. It doesn't change. I am encouraged that I can stand upon the word of God And when it's right is when the word of God says it's right. It is my responsibility to obey out of a call to obey. For the sake of time, I will be sharing these three things and we'll be going through it pretty quickly. (laughs) Just keep that number right there for later. Oh gosh, I just need to tell you. <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't, I know I can't think of anything else, so you, know, you guys can't think of anything else. So I, I was joking about the 15 because I really, I mean, I wasn't really joking, I was serious, but <laughs> your commitment, our gift to one day to feed the world, is $17,405. For God be the glory, amen? Amen. And I believe when we begin to dig into the numbers, the folks that have already given and may not be with us today, I'm supposed to be getting a text from Locust for later because Greater Life Church as a whole is doing this project together. And I believe God is gonna surprise us continually with his blessing because of your generosity. Thank you. Thank you for being willing. To give. Now I'll preach this message with a happy heart <laughs> because you did give when it was right and out of a call to obey. And can I just tell you that the economy of God tells us that when we give our seed, our gift in good soil, that the return could be a hundred times And so I believe that you're going to be blessed and I believe it will be quickly. You didn't give for that reason, but in the economy of God, when we open our hand as a gift to him and give it as unto the kingdom of God, it comes back to us, amen? So I'm excited to hear testimonies that will flow from you and I'm thankful for that. We also in the house had a unique gift a match to a match of 5,000 on top of that. And I, one of the things that I'm just so thrilled about is how God takes dollars and cents and multiplies and, multi, and then multiplies again. And I'm, I, my head is spinning in 2021, I'm telling you, right now. And every time we come back to it, I'm like, y'all need to chill, I can't keep up with all this. Because Mike Teeter just texted me, it was and reminded me that there was already 15,000 committed to this project already this year, plus 17,000. I don't know, do the math, I'm I'm a Bible. I went to Bible college, they didn't have a math requirement. (laughs) But that already sounds like a lot. And I don't know, I grew up watching those infomercials with those little babies with the little bloated bellies. Did you watch those? pennies on a day you can, can you imagine how much I think we're getting close to $30,000 can do for these little babies that are starving all over the world? That's a whole lot of meals. And then you take the matching of up to 50 from somebody else, now it's 60. Can we give God thanks one more time please? I mean that's, (laughs) thank you God. I remember this little church planter, I remember back in the day when somebody gave me a check for $500, and I thought, I thought I'd hit the lottery. like, well, we're going we're to change the world. And now this number, I mean, it's just, sometimes you need to remind yourself how good God is. So forgive me, I'm just in that spot right now. Should have waited to the end to give me this number. Anyway, I'm thankful I have it. I'm thankful you gave. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. The best thing about what I get to do for a living is to work with you guys to serve you. Because you are generous people and you really genuinely serve for the sake of the kingdom. And I'm, I'm blown away. I'm thankful for that. It's my privilege. It's my opportunity. Kelly and I were like, how blessed are we? We're so thankful. Point number one. Today we talk about out of the call to obey. We've learned of the challenges and people Bible Characters that when they were in the fade, what they did, how they reacted to these challenging situations, today we have the opportunity, the challenge, the call. What will we do now over this next month as we end this year? I want to end strong. Today we look at three passages of Scripture that remind us of what to do when it's, when it's a call to obey. Beginning in Matthew chapter 21, you can write on your note sheets, remember, remember number one, to keep the main thing, the main thing. Keep the main thing, the main thing. Matthew chapter 21, we see a story of Jesus. Verse 12 says, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out all the people buying and selling animals for sacrifice. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and... And the chairs of those selling doves. And he said to them, The scriptures declare, My temple will be called a house of prayer. But you have turned it into a den of thieves. The blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. The leading priests and teachers of the religious law saw these wonderful miracles and heard even the children in the temple shouting, Praise God for the son of David. But the leaders were indignant. They asked Jesus, do you hear what these children are saying? Yes, Jesus replied, haven't you ever read the scriptures? For they say, you have taught children and infants to give you praise. This passage is very simple, but just like anything else in scripture, you could read it multiple times and take away multiple lessons. Today, keeping the main thing is what we're to be about. Keep the main thing, the main thing the temple had become when Jesus showed up a house that was full of a den of thieves, it was called. People there for profit, people there for the wrong reasons, people there doing things that weren't worship. They had found themselves benefiting, profiting off of the temple and everybody that came in. They had set up shop within the temple gates. People in those days had to buy a sacrifice to take it and sacrifice it to God but what you need to understand is that these people were gouging the prices. It's almost like they set up a gas station in the temple. And these poor people who could barely afford a sacrifice to be able to worship God in that way in those days found themselves even further put out. And the people that were there were making money on top of money. In our area, we have a history in the Charlotte area of a problem of this all the way back to the PTL days just across the border in South Carolina, profiting that had happened off of the backs of the ministry, incorrect use of funds, immoral and unethical behavior, even cooking the books so they could take more and more money home for themselves, There have been many preachers that have fallen and many preachers that have given up a love for God for the love of money. And the love of money is the root of all evil. Friend, we give to one day so we can get rid of it as fast as we can and give it to where it needs to be. Not because we need $17,000 to do something with it. At the end of the day, God has blessed us with an incredible building and an incredible ministry but you need to know that we're walking in blessing because generations behind us have been faithful to the Lord. The story is on our wall for those that you don't know. We are standing on the shoulders of giants, debt-free in this building, and to God be the glory for that, for the grandmas, the grandpas, and all that have gone ahead of us, but that is because we now can be a generous church much more than any others. So Jesus dealt with the problem He flipped tables. He drove out these people that were profiting off of the back of the church and worship. In Revelation 3, there's a letter to a church of Laodicea that's written by Jesus to the church. They have forgotten the main thing. They had forgotten their love of Jesus. They have become lukewarm in their faith. And the scripture says that when we're lukewarm in our faith, God doesn't want to be around us. Jesus is the main thing. Allowing the Holy Spirit to move in our services is our hope. Pushing you and I toward the calling of God to obey and to respond in his presence. What we hope to do week in and week out, it's pretty simple really. It's our objective, the staff and the team around here to remove distractions. Because God can do it without our help. But it's our opportunity to remove every distraction that we can when a microphone don't work or the light starts to flicker or, 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 or anything. It's our opportunity to remove every distraction. And when we can, God truly has an opportunity to reach you where you are. So many times we pray and we hope week in and week out, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Have your way. We want to keep the main thing, the main thing in our services It should also be our primary purpose in life. Jesus promised us this, that when we seek first his kingdom, the promise is that all these things will be added unto you, speaking of the rest of the things that so many times consume us. You see, we find ourselves worried about finances and relationships and problems and this and that. But the Bible tells us we've got to stop Focusing on all of those things and focus on God and his kingdom first. And when we focus on God and his kingdom first, all of these other things will be in the right place in our life. Something about us has got it flipped upside down. We worry ourselves with the things that we shouldn't be worried about. We make our problems our problems instead of allowing God to help us along the way. After Jesus showed up and dealt with the problem that was in the temple, he drove out the money changers. Right after that, miracles happen. That's important. When we keep the main thing, the main thing, the Holy Spirit shows up and does incredible things in our hearts and in our lives and in our services. He showed up and he dealt with the problem. The problem, Miracles Happened. People were healed right then and there. And then worship began to rise from children. What is one of the ways that we can become like children, as Jesus encourages us, is don't get so lost in what we do have. Let's not forget what God has already blessed us with. Amen. I mean look around guys when you get in your car and you go home when you turn on the lights with a switch and you turn on your water with a whatever that thing is called on a sink lever that's British for lever (laughs) we're blessed don't forget it as a matter of fact remind yourself of it daily number two Matthew 21, verse 28. Remember, out of a call to obey, you must remember that actions speak louder than words. Verse 28 says, but what do you think about this? A a man with two sons told the older boy, son, go out and work in the vineyard today. And the son answered, no, I won't go. But later he changed his mind and went anyway. Then the father told the other son, you go, and he said, yes, sir, I will. But he didn't go. Which of the two obeyed his father? They replied, the first. Then Jesus explained his meaning. I tell you the truth, tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. For John the Baptist came and showed you the right way to live, but you didn't believe him. While tax collectors and prostitutes did, and even when you saw this happening, you refused to believe him and repent of your sins. What we're talking about here is not only actions speak louder than words, but it's, it's one thing that so many of us can relate that even people with us have said one thing and done another. There's nothing more frustrating when someone says one thing and does another or when someone promises something and doesn't follow through the vast majority of new year's resolutions are broken in the first month of the new year. Remember that. Keep your list short and reasonable. But here we're talking about not new year's resolutions but eternity. We're talking about a commitment with God. Don't dare step step up in a church and say I will follow Jesus and never change your life. You see it's not about this it's not about coming and saying I will follow Jesus it's about what you do when you leave the altar. It's about how you act on the other side of that baptism. It's about how your life changes after you've made a commitment to the Lord Jesus. Far too often people go right back to their old ways. And to use a scripture that always stays in my mind The book of Proverbs tells us that as a dog returns to his vomit, so a sinner returns to their sin. It's a horrible, horrible picture in our mind, but that's how God sees it. We want to be free of where we were, and yet we go right back to it. The very thing that has hurt us before, we go right back to it. The gospel is for everyone and it will change your life. Jesus says that these prostitutes and tax collectors, they came and they received the gospel. Yet the religious leaders pushed back against it. They felt like they didn't need grace. They were good enough. There's no one good enough, the Bible says. These people were once tax collectors and prostitutes, but now they were repentant before God. At the end of the day, friend, your commitment with Jesus is shown in your life after you make that commitment. Words are cheap. Amen? Number three. You don't got to. You get to. That's right. You don't got to. You get to. And so many times we use those words. I gotta go do this. I gotta go do that. I gotta go to work. I gotta go to church. I gotta serve in the sound booth. I gotta serve on the worship team. I gotta go to prayer meeting. I gotta make dinner. I gotta wash clothes. I gotta mow the grass. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. Just changing one word in that. Changes everything about the way you look at life. I get to serve my family. I get to serve my church. I get to contribute to one day. I get to be a part of something bigger. I get to. In Luke chapter 14, there's a passage, an analogy, a parable that Jesus uses to teach. Luke chapter 14, it's called the great feast. For the sake of time, I'll just share with you what it says. Begins in verse 15. A king goes out to send an invitation to people, and it's up there. Prepared a great feast, sent out invitations. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready, but they all began making excuses. I learned something in boot camp if I hadn't learned anything else. Excuses are like armpits. Everybody has at least two. You may have heard a variation of that statement. And at the end of the day, we do make excuses on why we can't. The excuses given here, go to the next slide. I have bought five pair of oxen, I wanna try them out, please excuse me, I just got married so I can't come. There's another excuse in there before that one that says, I just bought some property, I need to go check it out. These excuses boil down to three things in my mind, financial, the property, fun, the oxen, it was toys. The equivalent of buying a boat or a snowmobile or a jet ski or whatever. He wanted to go try out this new stuff that he had. Financial, fun, and family. I can't be a part of the church. I can't do this because of my my family or or this obligation or my, my past, my religious past, whatever the case may be. Excuses are excuses. And I want to encourage you to get past the excuses. I am not talking about attending church. Hear me. I would appreciate it, but I'm not talking about attending church. I'm talking about commitment, commitment to God, to kingdom, and to the local body, the church, to know that you're there. There are still people watching online, yet they're contributing. There are people that may not be here today, but they'll be here next week. I'm talking about commitment to the Lord and to the body. You see, we have all gone through this life cycle of obedience. We first were the invited, as the scripture goes on. Go quickly into the streets, the alleys of the town, uh, you, 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 uh, 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 and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Now I'll go to the next one. After the servant had done this, he reported there is still room for more. First, he invited First we become the invited and then we become the servant. So there's two things going on. The servant is sent out to invite. You were invited one day. First you were the invited and now I'm calling you to be the servant and go and invite someone else. I'm looking around the room and I don't know how many empty chairs there are, but I can tell you what the, what the servant said. There is still room for more. It is the call of God to each and every one of us to make the house full. There is still room for more, a need for personal evangelism, ministry, and missions. Let's not just be people that come and receive week after week, let's be people that come and receive by the Lord and then go pour out into our neighborhood, into our community. I wanna tell you something, the funniest thing, is my. Uh, one of the funniest things that happened to me this week is I was kind of stuck on point number three and where am I gonna end this service? Where am I gonna end this sermon? And I had this, I had this thought, I'm just gonna throw out point number three. Forget it. I'll do number one and number two. But so I was getting ready to call the locust, our locust campus pastor, his name's Daniel. I was getting ready to call him and say, hey, I'm not gonna do point number three. If you come up with something, go ahead and do it because we preach the same message. And, and, and I said, you go ahead and if you come, come up with something, go ahead and do it. And I didn't call him. I had to run into a store. I got back in my car and then he calls me. I said, hey, man. I said, hey. He said, you're not gonna believe what I just wrote down at the bottom of the paper. I said, what? There is still room. You see, what you don't know is that our Christmas series is called Make Room. And this little preacher got all excited. <laughs> what? It's, there is still room, and then we're doing Make Room? What? This is awesome. So I got so excited, and I know you, you don't, you're not catching it. But you get to catch it. You don't got to catch it. You get to. You get to go and invite someone because there is still room. And next Sunday we kick off this Christmas series called Make Room. Make Room for Strangers is our first one. And I can't wait to see all the strangers that show up at Greater Life Church campuses. Not strange because they're strange but strangers because we don't know them but even if they're strange, it's okay. Come on, make room. I'm encouraged, I wanna encourage you. Go and do something with this gospel that you have in your heart. Go and tell somebody about Jesus. Encourage them to come. Statistics tell us that almost 90% of the people that were just invited to church will come. It's our opportunity just to invite. What if they say no? So what? That's God's opportunity, amen? What if they come and I don't really like that person that much and then become part of the church and then I gotta leave the church, so what? (laughs) Invite them to somebody else's church, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, we got two campuses, choose one and send them to the other. I'll end with this. Be good for something. There's still room. Let's purpose in our heart to do something for kingdom. When we close today, you'll come up and take one of these bags, pray over it. Don't just fill it up with stuff. Pray over it. I've been there as they distributed it the first few years and It's an exciting thing to see that happen. Include your children. Include them in the process. Help them see the need that people get excited about toothpaste, toiletries, and other things. Long johns. I mean, these are these are things that's so needed. Come and and get one, and take take it with you when you leave another announcement that I'd like to bring to you is like we're talking about it's not about attendance it's about commitment next week is Greater Life class and that is the on ramp to being a part of the family here at Greater Life I encourage you if you haven't gone to it go to it free lunch free child care you can sign up at Info Center online whatever all that stuff I encourage you to be a part of that and then there was one other thing Oh, yeah, we did the number. And would you pray? On Tuesday, we're decorating the church. There'll be ladders involved. (laughs) For Some of you know that Wes has struggles and challenges (laughs) with ladders. It's our obligation to encourage him to get back on the ladder. (laughs) We have a really tall one. I think I'm going to put him on that one. Anyway, pray with me. Lord, thank you for the opportunity that we have to serve you this week. Thank you for the blessings that we've had in our life. Help us, God, to walk out of here and to answer the call to obey, to do what's right, to reach out to friends, neighbors, and loved ones this Christmas season. May you use us as ambassadors for the gospel as we make room for more. And God, we give you the glory. We give you the praise. We thank you, Jesus, for the number of dollars that's going to feed people all over the world. Thank you for that. We give you glory for that. And may we walk in blessing and in your anointing. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you as you go. Grow Night is back on this Wednesday, so come join us.